Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter, of course. I'm your host, Novo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art and, well, the arts again, with our ever-evolving open discussion segment, Is It Art?, focusing today on the depiction of the ultra-elite and wealthy in the arts because I wanted to talk about this today because, you know, for a long time, these people used to be glorified. They were sometimes the anti-heroes, sometimes the bad guys, but they were always kind of the cool guys or gals, but mostly guys, let's be honest. So, uh, there's no theses today, guys, no history, no gems, just unadulterated discussion. Now to hash things out, we got to meet our panel. Today we have a Mr. Philip Church of philipchurch.tech. Who are you people? Hello. And we have Mr. Theodore the Buck or T-Buck as we often call him. I sell shit. That's <laughs> Is that what a triangle? Ooh, triangle That's of sadness a triangle reference. Of sadness, yeah. Reference already. I sell shit. Okay. Yes, yeah. we are going to frame the discussion with these pieces of art. The white lotus, the menu, glass onion, infinity pool and Triangle of Sadness. First one is a television show on HBO. The rest are films. Now, before we can hash it out, of course, we all need a little break and a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, we'll buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. Powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life. And I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated. I turn to it so it could just, my God, set me straight, make me feel like a million bucks again, and just get me ready for the day. So please head on over to their website. That's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products. And get this, when you use promo code Art of the Beholder, all one word, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, if you need a little direction on where to start, I recommend Lemon Lime. Guys, you're going to love it won't be disappointed so please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures now back to the show all right uh guys we are back and this is what i want to do i want to buck i'm gonna i'm gonna turn to you first because you're sure. the closest thing we have to a political commentator on the oh show. dear you are our daily oh, wow. show comedic mm. fake political consultant okay yeah i guess so no i just want to say one thing I want to make one thing. talk to us talk to us i've never been vocal about my politics well you mean on the show or in general like when we're at a dinner party just like had a couple anywhere cocktails? i've never like brought down a whole you know <laughs> dinner party or anything by arguing with anybody no well we're gonna keep yeah. it you know it's a it's no a no, no it's I, a boxing I, yes, match yes. we're gonna keep it <laughs> clean and above uh, I'm, the we're going to keep it clean i'm going to i'm going to keep it nice i'm going to tiptoe around the issue so. now uh let's tell the good people why why are we talking about this today because my ghostwriter tv del rio made a very important point to me the other day she said novo 
fuck, we've been watching like all these movies and like they they're just they're always about the rich or the wealthy or the mega rich, the billionaires and trillionaires, but they just like keep kind of killing them off and shitting on them. And I was like, flashlight bulb in my head. I was like, oh my God, you're right. But why? And then it made me think I was, I realized, you know, in the arts, television, film, we used to fucking love these people. We used to glorify them. We used to, we used to have dreams. There was so many examples. And in the last year, and that's why I used those five pieces. Again, the white Lotus, the menu, glass onion, infinity pool, and triangle sadness, because we're seeing all of these people now vilified. So Buck, I want you to try to answer first. Why? Why has there been such a shift? I mean, these people were shitty years ago. Why now? Why are we why are we doing this now of all times? Well, you know, go back a few years before we started the show. I think you and I had a conversation where I said, I think we're on the pre- precipice of like a big societal change. Ooh, okay. Um, I'm with you. I'm buckled up. I, I think this is this has been going on for about 30 years. Like kind of we're building up to this anyway. And we, we don't have to get into all the like things that have happened into that. But I think why it's becoming very kind of more mainstream and kind of more in it's more prevalent in the last prevalent yes yes is because we as a society are going through kind of a a shift where there's a there's a big wealth disparity and it's happening i think in america for them you know from where this is coming from a lot but all over the globe and you're seeing especially after you know kind of all the turmoil we've had in the past few years with you know uh, the the pandemic and things like that inflation that we're going through right now you're you're kind of seeing that gap really grow it was already pretty big but now it's really, it was already really big, big but it's getting bigger <laughs> and it's that whole thing the rich are getting richer the poor are getting po- poorer and I think isn't it like a handful of people own fifty percent of the wealth in the entire yeah world it's now? something, something ridiculous crazy. like ninety percent. 90 something percent of like the wealth is is like owned by like one percent or something yeah one percent of people yeah i think covid had to have played a hand in this because it does also feel exacerbated it yeah because there was a lot of the whole like rules for me and not for thee kind of thing where you know those of us who don't have any kind of connections to the government or business whatever um we were just kind of told stay in your homes you know shut up and do what you're told Whereas other people were taking out big fucking loans that they, some of them didn't have to pay back. Like, mm. you know, a EBD lot of the government loans. people were breaking those very same rules. I mean, there was all that stuff about, uh, especially I remember in the UK, where uh, there was a huge party uh, on like Downing Street or whatever, right? Where like the, uh, where the prime minister or whoever lives. And like, yeah, I mean, people were furious because they were like, you just told us that we weren't supposed to gather in more than like six. And yet here you are having a party full mm. of like caviar and champagne for like 50 people. Like what the fuck? Different so rules, think, right? Yeah. So yeah I, different I, rules. yeah, I think so. I mean, the fact that there is obviously a different justice system for the rich, right? I mean, yeah. if you're affluent enough, you can basically just pay your way out of consequences for the most part. Yeah. I think that's only been made more prevalent lately uh, after I mean, yeah, between the COVID and all the economic impacts that both COVID and just post-COVID world has seemed to like put onto us. That yeah, I mean, the poor are poorer than ever, and the rich seem richer than ever, and it's never been seemingly more apparent. And I think people are just kind of mad because the disparity is, is it's like, I mean, yeah, they used to talk nicely because people used to be like patrons of the arts, you know, like yeah. oh, you're rich, but it's be- you also are literally paying for people to do the things that make culture 
culture, the things that make life enjoyable. And unfortunately, we didn't get to live in Renaissance Italy forever. Yep. <laughs> and uh, now we're here. So fuck. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, gentlemen. I the income inequality, the inflation, the um, the idea that we have billionaires, and in some places, I believe there is officially some trillionaires uh, out in the world that are making us all realize how there are different rules, and we are living in. Com- completely different socioeconomic places, financial places, and the rules are stacked against us. And I think, so to, I guess, answer the question ultimately, why are these filmmakers making these films this way now is, aren't we just sick and tired of it? Because this is a point I wanted to make as well, because the world is much more transparent. As much as there's a lot more information out and now a lot, a lot more misinformation because there's so much information and we have to sip through a lot of the junk to get to the reality and the truth of the matter. But we're also seeing the Bezos of the world, the Musks of the world become celebrities. Do you remember? Uh, let me, I'm going to pass it back to you guys. Do you remember the good old days when you had no idea who ran these companies were? I, I think it depended like on who it is and what time. I, there, I think there's always been, at least in the US for some time, there's always, you, you've always kind of heard of one or two. Like, I'm, I'm just thinking of like back in a, a long time ago, over 100 years ago, like the Rockefellers. You know the Hearst, um, Carnegies, Carnegies. Yeah. Exactly. I think we we've known some of those industry, you know, magnets like business magnets like that've kind of run things. Um, I think now it's just there's so many more of them, and I think to your point, a lot of it has to do with like media and social media, and especially tech. Well, I think now. the concept of the CEO or the the mega rich billionaire being now the celebrity like they're rubbing it in our faces a little bit that they get to live these lives that we will probably never even get close to in an entire lifetime yeah and i is my point (laughs) i think one of the people that kind of started this a little bit and not unintentionally was steve jobs he was kind of seen as almost like like a like godlike godlike (laughs) yeah um and i think like especially with tech then everybody kind of looks at these big CEOs and they're basically our new royalty or not royalty or nobility really. Yes. And, and I think they have like such a big political sway. It's, 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 it's pretty amazing, but there's, but there's been an evolution. I, I'm glad yeah. you brought up Steve jobs because I kind of lumped Steve jobs and kind of Bill Gates together. There was still like a humility to them. Even yes. when you see them do Ted talks to this day and then something happened when we got into the Bezos times where they started to evolve. Now it, we have Musk, who literally <laughs> owns Twitter, just so he can, you know, yeah. so he can have this. Just, big, so he can still right lose popularity contests. <laughs> yeah. Well, so he can have this big, this big this speakerphone like we've never seen before on a scale we've never, we can't truly, I think, fathom yet until I think the dust settles a little bit. But you know, he, I think he is the perfect archetype of what that person has become you know he's dating grimes and going on posting just posting memes and hosting snl and and owning again you know 50 percent of the world's wealth 
one person. And I can, I can kind of see why these filmmakers are like, you know what? I think we should start killing a lot of these characters in our films. I feel like there's also a big, big, big difference in the just societally, for instance, with what these CEOs maybe used to produce and how close they were to the production or end product compared to now. Nowadays, we have a bunch of technology, which is just ethereal cloud bullshit that you can't really quantify or measure. How helpful is Amazon for my life? Because is it helpful? It stresses you out and it costs you money and shit. Other people, like going back to Buck's example of the Carnegie's um, and, you know, the Rockefeller's, these people literally actually built cities and infrastructures. They were, interestingly, almost they were almost closer to politicians in the way that they were bettering entire cities, if not the nation, compared to these days where they're more just friends with the politicians and they use their money to buy the things that they want. But again, it's like the, the end product and the just like distance between that person and like, again, Henry Ford, he actually, I would bet that the man knew how to like, listen to a car and be like, oh, I think this thing is broken. You know, like his yeah. name was on the product. And again, it was responsible for so much of the development of our nation, uh, of just being able to travel and it, like the way that it changed business and just life in general. Whereas these days, it's just some dipshit goes and fucking makes some product that helps a few people, like a few thousand people, and they make enough money off of a few thousand products and they're a millionaire. And then all of a sudden, that's this weird misconstrued like lightning in a bottle sort of coincidental bullshit where it used to be that a good idea with the right people was just going to be successful because you had great leadership. It didn't matter that they were rich because they were there and they put in the work and they demonstrated the like professionalism and the expertise. And these days it's like any fuckwad can go into a boardroom and say some dumb buzzwords and still possibly run a company into the ground and lose, you know, a few hundred, if not thousand people, their jobs and just be like, whoops, and not pay a fucking like any repercussions. <laughs> yeah. And I think I, th I think there's always been a little bit of that. I think it's just like, you know, this is kind of my time as a flat circle kind of comment. I, I think I, I agree with you, Philip. Like there was definitely more of a like kind of pulled yourself up from the bootstraps in some cases. Um, but there's always been kind of still like this, this kind of I, I think a lot of things have changed with tech. I, I think there's also been a switch from a focus of, you know, help you know, Ford famously, he, he raised the, the wages of his employees by like $2 or something, which was a huge amount by, back then by an hour. People said, Oh, this is so great. You're doing like a great job for your employees and helping out. And he's like, no, my happier employees will build more cars and I'll make more money. Um, there's been a shift from that to kind of making what, what's the least we can money. get away with. <laughs> and what, yeah. So what kind of corners we can cut, um, I, I work in the corporate world. You hear lean a lot mm. and it's supposed to make your synergy lean. Well, it's like lean is. Yeah. And, and what, what is lean for the good people that don't know? Yeah. I'm so more familiar with the hip hop version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it, that's the more fun. Yeah. Anyway, no, uh, lean, it, it's <laughs> more of like, uh, and I, I kind of went on a tangent as I'm saying this is a little oh, bit of a tangent, tangent corner. corner. You, yeah. you never do that. I never do that either. But Shit. lean is, is kind of a business practice where um, the long story short is you do more with less people and you're supposed to be more agile and things like that. What I really hear is that people get have to wear more hats and do more. Mm. Um, 
and you have crunch. People. You're basically running a skeleton crew. There's yeah. and there's some links to agile and things like that to it, but we're not a business thing. And it, I deal with this every day, and I don't really want to talk about. It. Well, what I was going to say is is that people like Elon Musk and stuff now. I mean, this guy he he became rich from PayPal originally, but mm-hmm. he started that from money from his father. So there's yeah. still like this this kind of these guys that are like a nepo baby situation. Yeah, there's still this big nepotism thing. There's still like all this and I think that's always kind of been a case over time, but like what Philip said, there used to be kind of more of this build up thing. I think now it's just people are going absolutely ape shit with it. Um yeah. And a lot of companies are losing their minds. They're just, yeah, and and the big thing too is there's this big disparity right now with these rich people and you're seeing it like with Joe Rogan famously with just recently and sorry if you're a Joe Rogan fan, but um, the richer Phillip's you a are, huge Joe Rogan. Fan. <laughs> you, you, you are. We all have our flaws, you know. I'm, I'm going. I'm. I'm He's almost only human, so guys. Here, uh, you know, I'll pull it back. Don't you? Worry. I've, not, I've never listened to a single episode. Of not me show. either. Not me either. The, the the one thing I'll say: there is a theory that the richer you are, the less um, sympathetic to poor people that you become. Hmm. Um, I think you're seeing that like astronomically increasing. I, I think that is also a huge problem. I think with like Elon right now, he bought Twitter basically because he just wants the world to love him. I, funny enough, before it was spoken out loud, I had also um, kind of wondered about the whole Nepo baby thing because, yeah, again, it used to be that these were like men of the people, you know, like yeah. the, these were people, again, like you might actually see one of these people like in a building, like you might actually meet the CEO, you might actually do something. Whereas, you know, now they're, I feel like they're just these more reclusive, like ethereal beings that like, do they exist? Where the hell, like, do they have to leave their penthouses? Um, that, that, you know, used to be that they were already tangible enough to where by the time that their kid was old enough and taking over the company that for the most part too, that they had had that interesting life of privilege that I feel like there is this thing that has only gotten worse as America has become way more capitalistic and all the more industrialized over time that again, these, the, you know, these aren't necessary things that genuinely improve more people's lives than not. And as a result, the children who it's not necessarily their fault for being raised by a wealthy person, right? They were born into yeah. it. I get it. That's, you know, it's not on them, but for them to just be hand, for them to just be handed the keys of shit is also We've seen that happen a few times now over the generations since the early 20th century. And I think that also goes into a lot of the resentment of being like, why this motherfucker? He was just born in the right place at the right time. He didn't even work for it. And I think that exacerbated a lot of what used to be more respectable about the fact that like, oh, well, you know, Henry's in there. He'll roll up his sleeves and get on the line and talk to the foreman. And then, you know, fucking Hank Jr. or whatever his dipshit name would have been would be like, yeah, he won't stop eating crayons, but um, he's going to be made manager. Everybody, please. <laughs> yeah, be nice. he's going to be he's going to be president yeah. of, of this branch. <laughs> that definitely so, did uh, no favors. You, you gentlemen uh, raise very good, good points. And I think I need to pull it back to go back to the original question then. And I want you to try to answer it in the most simplest way. And then I want to use the artist's art and go through the examples to kind of talk about how they're personifying all of these clearly, you know, criticisms of the ultra elites and wealthy and the mega rich, et cetera. So why are they vilifying? Why are the artists vilifying these people in their films? 
Is it from, I, I want to say from Phillip's last point, are we just sick of them? We're bitter. I, we're I think also, we're sick of the struggle. Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, we're so bitter because we've also been sold on this American dream that everything from college fucking debt and everything else is all hinged on this weird aspect of like, you could be so rich. And yeah. so few of us ever become anything close to what we would call rich. And yeah, there, there's just so many factors just working against it. The other thing is too, and I, I think we're all the same age here. Also, little T Buck tangent, man, Philip, you and I need to talk more. This I love talking about this stuff. Um, but I'm just <laughs> saying, like, yep, we're all 29. I think yeah. our um, we are our generation, and I'm sorry if you if you're going to some people are going to cringe when we. Say I want to say geriatric millennial. We're geriatric millennial. Elder, like elder, yeah, millennial. we are very geriatric much millennial. Okay, we have been screwed over multiple times compared to a lot of other generations, and and to Philip, someone point, already said student debt, fucking credit was, scores, man. That yeah, didn't exist I mean, before the eighties, we got fucked. We we did everything that we were told what we were housing. Supposed to do. We went to college. We went, don't forget housing. Housing, you know, the housing market. That's the big thing right now. I mean, I no live, one can afford it. <laughs> I live in an area which is you know one of the name becoming one of the nation's highest, and it's 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 you know you're you're starting to hear like two married couples going in on the same house so they can one one couple will live upstairs one downstairs um you have four people basically buying a house just to be able to buy a house kind of thing i i think the point is is that we've been kind of screwed over um we're angry about it we're fed up and we're at the age now where a lot of people our age are being able to make those decisions in hollywood and they're seeing these things happen they're hearing about these things happen to friends it's probably happened to them we're just fed up. Yeah, we're just fed up. And I so let's go through the examples because, as Buck was saying, eloquently saying, it, you know, we are now or a lot of the artists in a position to finally give this social commentary because the reality is we still are in the middle or at the bottom. We're not going to become politicians anytime soon. We're not going to change the system overnight. So how do we? How do we comment on it? How do we talk about it? How do we try to tell the world this needs to change? This is bullshit. I'm fed up. Fuck this. We do it through our art, right? Blogs. Oh. <laughs> and vlogging. Bring we back don't. MySpace. <laughs> we, we do it through our art because we want to tell the people through stories how we feel well, show. and don't how things should change. So let's start yeah. with the White Lotus. So I want to just I want to focus on season one because season one told in in a nutshell i saw the ultra rich the wealthy mostly those fucking us white people I'm white. they not only so what did they do so in a nutshell in this story they drove the middle class the people below them insane to the point of drug addiction and they eventually kill us in the story yeah and uh, I know that Buck has seen this, so he probably has a lot to say. Go ahead and give it to us, Buck. You've seen Class Warfare? I've seen <laughs> you've it. Seen yeah. peop- you've seen Armand murdered. You've seen you've seen the hotel managers murdered because you didn't. They didn't get the room because the guests didn't get the room they wanted. Right? Yeah. Uh, so White Lotus, especially season one, it's one of those shows where you kind of hate almost every character, and it, and a lot of it, like you said. Um, we were talking about this earlier, a big thing of its colonialism. Yeah, there's a lot of this kind of feeling of um, not just colonialism, but classism and kind of people just getting away or 
or basically they literally things. get away with murder murder it again it's it's social commentary it's saying yeah. so let's like since i i, I don't want to spend too much time on just the white lotus i want to get to the other ones it's saying that they're driving us to madness they're driving us with their and they and and the worst part is they're not only breaking us down and killing us they're getting away with it and they're still winning in the end when it should be the opposite when they should they should be paying the price or getting the back end of what everyone else should be getting they're still winning they're yeah. shitting on everything and everyone and they're still winning and i think that's what season one of the white lotus said to me which brings me to um the next item on the menu and that is literally the film the menu because uh, again I'll, I'll be i'll be mr synopsis so in this one the elite is not only driving us crazy they're driving themselves mad to the point where they're no longer killing us they're killing each other yeah i loved the subtle tension of a bunch of people in the same room knowing that there's no way that the other people in this room aren't basically other spoiled pieces of shit of like <laughs> no one talks to each other and the one person who acts like a normal person because they are a normal person which is essentially Anya Taylor-Joy's character yeah she's the she's she's, she's the straight man if you will yeah she's whatever the you want to call it class, yeah. the lower class yeah. the poor person and it's interesting that they even with an with the narrative make a point of the essentially main character um not necessarily protagonist but still just the main character of um Ralph Fine's character who created said menu uh yeah calling her out of being like you don't belong here and the interesting thing is that usually is a bad thing and the funny thing is is that he is kind of more on our side he has been catering to these wealthy fucks for too long to the point where like you said they're driving themselves mad and he's like you know what fuck I'm all part of, you. of the problem yeah too. and so he's willing to do something about it and does not want to take down an innocent so it's kind of funny that we finally get a relatively just and like inverted picture of what happens when somebody from the humble beginning gets the transition into that upper echelon and hates what they find. And that's the menu. Uh, it's it's I, I also just I don't want to spoil anything else because it is, is very satisfying to watch, even mm. if you don't like hate the sort of class struggle to say tough titties. I mean, if you want to go ahead. Hey, <laughs> tough titties um everybody fucking dies they 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 turn into s'mores yeah. <laughs> they, that literally that was dresses the, the everybody in like marshmallows and graham yeah. crackers and lit the fucker on fire while the one normal person sits in the background eats a normal fucking cheeseburger and is just like wow what, what nut bags um and so I, what I, is it trying to say then so let's let's break it down for the good people no that one would not get them. a chance <laughs> no one would miss them they can go off into a fucking exclusive, secluded, fine dining, five star, exquisite experience, and they could fucking die, and no one would know, and no one would care. Now, uh, the uh, the next one on uh, the list is Glass Onion. Did you guys get a ch chance to see Glass Onion? We didn't get to talk about this in our pre-show. I did. Um, you did. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was all right. <laughs> it was all right. It was a whodunit murder mystery, it but a, it was a murder mystery. Here's here's the. Here's where, because uh, we're, I picked these five things because we see a little of everything that we talked about in kind of the first discussion segment here played out in the art, right? So we got to see how, in, in the White Lotus, how the elite treats us. 
And then we got to see how they, in, in the menu, how they change, how they evolve into people that either go mad or want to change the world for the worse and then drives them to kill each other. Now in Glass Onion, we get to see the Gates, the Jobs, the Bezos, the Musk, and we get to see the the super billionaire. And in this film, you know, regardless, you know, we're not let's, we're not going to go through the plot and talk about the, the the literal murder mystery and all that shit. The important takeaway for the for the purposes purposes of this discussion is Edward Norton's character. The, essentially the Bezos or the Musk. And Basically, they you know, you try so to well cast for that as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they they He's try so to paint him awesome. as uh and they try to paint him uh, in the first half. It's kind of two acts. It's kind of divided in half in a way. Um they try to paint him as this, you know, super brilliant, you know, yeah, tech mogul. And then at the end we find out that he's a fucking moron and that he yeah essentially conned his way to the top. And I think it's very fitting. And I think this will be a jump ball for both you guys that we are seeing. We are, we are on the heels of the Trump indictment and now arraignment, essentially an archetype for the same character, Edward. Well, he, you know, Trump isn't a fucking tech mogul, but he essentially has conned his way to the top, right? He he is a famous con man criminal. And right. And and he's kind of dumb. I'll never forget Pete Davidson saying bigly you know, <laughs> that <laughs> that Trump can't even read. So he doesn't read so good. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a um, well, he says he's me? a billionaire, he has the but best brain. He has the best <laughs> he's the, brain. He's got the greatest brain. It's it's full it's of the so biggest big. <laughs> like what he, so, he does. He does so business. The mega billionaire that is secretly a complete moron well i'll just say this we we've been picking on elon a lot because he's an easy target right now but i think it should hey in our defense he kind of asks for it well and elon really i know asking. you're a big he's literally oh, oh, I, putting himself out there yeah and i gotta do this every show fucking rules bud i know elon i know you're i know you're listening right now because you're he's a got like a fan of the show too. yeah he's a huge fan of the show elon i i and this is a serious serious thing I want him to come on the show because I want to interview him, and I want to, and I, I won't tease him. I won't make fun of him. We, we, there's, there's, there's elements where I will, ha- I will have to reluctantly ad- admit I, I respect some elements of him. You know, not the meme, you know, on Twitter guy side. Oh, I respect but- the shit out of the fact that his dad had a fucking gem mine you know diamond mine. <laughs> but you know but yeah yeah the fact that he has so many ex-wives and multiple children with dumb fucking names and he is trying to change some and... things for the better well, you yeah, know I, land I, about landable rockets yeah, things open, like that open what's it called um what not concept but whatever it is where like the plans for something are free with the tesla stuff where he's like if you can do it better just oh, uh, open fucking, source open source yeah. thank you yeah yeah I, I get that but at the same time it's like you're still operating on a for-profit basis. Well, the point the point is is like I I I know he's a huge fan of the show. He's listening right now. I want him Elon if you're listening. I want you to come on the show. I want to do a real interview and try to get try to understand you. Why are why are you this way? Oh. Why are you why are you the CEO of a million companies but then you're also tweeting poop jokes at 2 in the morning? Or it makes know, no sense to you me. You could just not do it if you're a pussy, Elon. <laughs> Now let's get back. Uh, let's let's do a Novo pullback. Let's let's go back to the art. So Glass Onion. Um, 
for the record, really fun movie. And these are, you know what the, the best thing about all these are, except for Affinity Pool, is they're, they're always, always comedies. They're dark comedies because comedy is the best vessel to get information like this controversial information into our heads into our minds so we can talk about it and try to really think about it in a completely different light well the one thing i was going to say is yeah i elon's an easy target right now but it, it is kind of true he um i don't think he's dumb per se I don't think but he's i dumb. don't think no. he's the genius that everybody thinks he is uh no. i don't think like any of them he are didn't found steve Tesla. jobs he, he isn't bill along. gates is that they have these huge teams they're not yeah. as bill burr would say they're not in the back fucking soldering these iphones and shit well and i and i think one thing we need to realize too is everybody has their strengths and weaknesses but not every guy is like that we look at to like elon is maybe the best businessman i mean obviously like what he's doing with twitter right well now. yeah 44 billion and now the the value is 20 billion and and you could say that's with some of the things he's done, but I, I just think we need to kind of separate that sometimes that just because they're rich doesn't necessarily mean that they're great at certain super, things or, yeah. super or geniuses, geniuses that we think for everything. Yeah. 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 This weird cult of celebrity that equates like money and fame to success or some kind of like personal achievements is yeah. really dumb. Yeah. yeah. I don't know where that came from. Um, again, I think it's from a <laughs> hundred and something years ago when it was like, Oh, this, Again, like somebody's business is changing the entire cityscape or like the future of our yeah. nation. Um, we started idolizing these people and just making, you know, just these circles of, of of worship around them. And yeah, it's so funny how people still do that. They we we have more information than ever. Things are so transparent. You can see damn near every flaw of a single human, and yet you will have all the fanboys. Yeah, you know, I mean, oh, will, yeah. people will support people fanboying out. Um, yeah, they'll just simp like crazy for whoever, uh, whether it is one of these billionaires or what. Uh, and it's just, it is unfortunate because there's so many other people out there that are plenty of their own type of intelligent, uh, doing something far more important uh, that obviously will never get that same sort of attention or recognition. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, we should be glorifying, you know, the cancer scientist and right? the doctors yeah. I mean, and like so the wild fire, that you know, we like... still don't value things that legitimately improve everyone's lives around us. Oh, no. Yeah. Let's let's just focus on people who fucking well, own we, Twitter. And we're talking about films right now and, yeah. and and TV with the White Lotus. We do it. We're doing it. We do it with that. You know, yeah. if you really break down the idea of the actor as a celebrity. It is it is mind boggling to really look at it objectively to be like, why are we treating these actors that are just in movies like royalty? Or that yeah. they're are they the better? Fucking shit. Yeah, they're well, they're not. But we, I think, exactly. I feel like that's the cognitive dissonance of culture is so fascinating from a sociological perspective. Because I, tr like, when I really break it down and look at it objectively, I have no idea why we do this. Well, what's in, I guess even past that though is that the, there's still that level of where even it to go way back to my one of my earlier points that in classical times there was still there were the patrons and the artists, and artists are richer than ever. And yet they are still not actually that upper echelon. It's so, you know, like we're, uh, even as we talk about this, no artist of our generation is anywhere close to a Gates or Jobs or Bezos or anything. The Even if you've got your, uh, I guess, what, like Clooney maybe, right? Like he's one of the insanely successful. Or and like he, he's, uh, he's a billionaire. Yeah, billionaire. is a billionaire. Too, relatively speaking. Right? Somebody who cares now, about yeah. stuff and like actually 
you know, speaks to real points of things in the world, albeit sometimes smugly. But the, yeah, there's there's also that weird line of of just like there's fame and success and everything up, up, up from there is desirable. Doesn't matter how you get there. Well, I think a lot about culture, too. Like we these people like there's always someone we want to put on a pedestal. There's always someone we have to look up to. That's why we have actual religions that believe in actual gods and goddesses but we also like to see their downfall like i i i feel like i would be amiss if i didn't mention fucking like same sam bankman freed fried whatever his name oh, is the we love the guy Adam is in his name i love or or, or the theranos woman elizabeth holmes like we're, yeah. yeah like they're all these people that really fell you know fell from heaven no pun intended with these <laughs> and they were in the same the same club as these these men and women well and it, it, it also it's it's some of that is the cracks starting to show especially like with how you know a lot of our the industries are run right now i mean theranos was a prime example of somebody who just like ultra basically charmed that, a whole bunch of old dudes yeah and it was like a snowball a effect right like like yeah they, and lied and yeah like the idea is is a good idea like it just but you you know it the idea that they tried to do was impossible and and i think that's i'll 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 i'm going to step up on my soapbox again i mean what <laughs> this really is is look t bucks are soapbox now these are this is these are uh symptoms of late stage capitalism i mean we're seeing it happen pretty like rapidly more than I thought it would even happen and we're going to it's not going to get any better until oh, no. some things change so I think, you know, going back to kind of the movies we, we're talking about and stuff like that, I think, you know, Triangle Sadness, if if I keep going, if if we want to keep moving along. With yeah, this, let's but, move along. Let's do Triangle um, Sadness. Got really fascinated in it in the beginning. By God, did the uh, writers and the director really want to get some themes off their chest? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's another so another dark comedy, this. too. Yeah. It was very um, funny. Very funny, but also just kind of showing, again, that that wealth inequality and how very quickly... Um, things can get upended and, um, that those roles can switch very quickly. I think I thought it was beautiful with the social commentary of them saying, you know, you're only rich and at the top of the pyramid because of the times we live in. Yes. Like if you had to, you know, there was a literal point in the movie where they had to make their own fire. They had to, nobody knew how to to catch their own fish and no one knew how to do it. But the only people that knew how to do it were the people at the bottom of the pyramid, the bottom of the pyramid that had to survive at some point. And then, and then the pyramid became inverted for the entire third act of the film. Yep. Yep. And we saw the poorest worker become the CEO to go back to, you know, the, the analogy that we've been using the whole show and I feel like the ending was very poignant because how did you interpret it, Buck? I feel like once she had power, she didn't want to let it go. She yeah, was willing I, to kill for it. Well, yeah, I think once you get power, you don't want to get you don't want to let it go. Um, and that was the whole thing kind of to that ending. It was very open ended, but um, which I was a little disappointed about because they kind of telegraphed it so much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, the point there was, you know, she ended up becoming kind of the people that she hated or she had to work for by the end of it. The ending to me, I, I, you know, I, 
you could kind of see it coming, but I thought it was good overall. Um, oh, yeah. But I do like the themes. My, my favorite part of the movie, though, <laughs> because it made me laugh, was <laughs> the, um, I bet I could guess. the American communist and yeah. the Russian capitalist. Yeah. That whole thing. And they're having a drunk like conversation about it, and they get on the, the inner or the PA system the PA of the, the, of the yacht or the uh, boat or whatever. While everyone is sick from the seafood that seafood. went bad. Yep. And they're having like uh Montezuma's revenge and <laughs> throwing up everywhere, <laughs> throwing up and shitting everywhere. Like the well, worst possible kind of both ends, uh, baby. gut buck. Yeah. Both. Well, ends. basically the, the communist uh, American communist is reading his communist manifesto over the, over the PA. It was pretty, brilliant there no and actually it's funny talking about that stuff uh weirdly the recent uh they did make a movie out of it but it it was also a real life thing so it's funny that they did both it's almost kind of meta in relation to our discussion is that that um uh the the lady with the the who just faked her way into millions it's like oh yeah something like that Um, that's just yet another thing it's like if if you're gonna be Certain kinds of a liar. Well, guess what? If you can lie about your emotions, you can be an actor and you can be successful and make a lot of money there. But most <laughs> other things, you cannot just actively and consistently lie your way into money and fortune. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another weird way that between us being sold the American dream and all the various ways through various fables and like cultural things over time mm-hmm. that we've just realized that like it, it really has kind of bootstrap style been sold to us again as like it's right there. It's right there. You just have to do the right thing or try hard enough. And I do think that showing that dichotomy, as you were just talking about, of like practical skills compared Mm -hmm. to somebody who's just loaded, but because they're loaded, they have influence. It's like, what is real power? And when you get to those situations, yeah, I mean, it's like, are you, can you somehow survive off of a thousand dollars? No, because that won't start you a fire to cook and sleep by. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, it, it, it rings true with a lot of the other principles and sort of themes that we've talked about. Um, and it, it made me think of that Anna Sorokin lady, how, like I said, it, it, it's already real. <laughs> and then we made a movie about it. A full story. It. This um, looks so cheap. That, that and shit. then uh, actually, we're going to make a movie about making that movie. And that ooh, one, ooh, right. I'd produce that. I'd write that. <laughs> and like, I mean, that, you know, that, yeah, that one was more of technically a show, but it was also like, it was a Hulu or whatever thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But actually going back to movies that do have a lot of dark comedy, but that are more of a horror. And granted, there's other things. I, I did want to bring this up, um, Novo. Please. So yeah. feel free to either edit this out now, depending on how you feel about it. Feel free to cut this. Um, Veto. I, yeah. get, I, get out. Screams of like classism, wealth, where you're so rich, oh, yeah. you can literally buy yourself a new body. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you brought this up because this is the perfect segue to infinity pool that is essentially the plot of the film so we can talk about infinity pool and get out at the same time and wrap this b up as i like to say because let me let me break down oh, by now everyone's seen get out right we just everybody if listening right now get out yeah get out and watch it but i assume you've seen get out most people probably haven't seen infinity pool so let me give a quick synopsis so infinity pool tells the story of people that go on vacation in this very, it's a fictional, you know, like city in the Middle East or something like that. And they're on a resort kind of like the White Lotus. And they've learned that you can, if you're rich enough, if you commit a crime on accident or purpose, it can happen, like uh, manslaughter, for instance, you know, 
and you go to jail and the sentence is death, you can pay to create an exact duplicate of yourself and kill that one instead. So that's the basic premise of the film. So it is one part uh, science fiction, one part horror, and all parts social commentary on the rich. Because the main character learns of this by accident. He actually, I used manslaughter, the manslaughter example because he accidentally kills somebody and he's sentenced to death. But they say, well, you know, we have ways around this. If you pay, we can make a duplicate of you. Looks like you, acts like you, everything to the skin, to the tooth, to the hair, everything is exactly the same. And we will sentence that person to death. And they do it in like a public square kind of thing. So there's witnesses. And he goes, okay, okay. And they're forced to watch him be executed. So you're watching yourself be executed. I feel like you should have gotten to kill your own self. I feel like that would be the most intense thing. No, no. The son of the person that the main character killed gets to kill the well, what he thought okay. was the original person that did that it. And he does it by them night. A sense of justice. Yeah, okay. Yeah. This okay. is Cronenberg, okay. right? His son, yeah. Brandon Cronenberg. So it was a lot of body horror, a lot of close-ups. Cronin of, Jr., CJ. Yeah, <laughs> little little crony. And, um, and it, it's really good. It's really good. And this is where the social commentary comes in because this main character, at first, you know, doesn't know how to react to this, but he realizes he likes it a little bit. He liked seeing this happen and getting like a fucking Super Mario Brothers one up. He gets to he gets to live on. And instead of going back to his regular life, he stays and he meets people that not only know about this reality, but exploit it. So they go they go on a rampage of killing and drugs and they they just commit every crime you can think of. Because they're ultra rich and they can get away with everything, including killing people because they know that they're going to just create another version of themselves, kill that one off and get off scot free. It's an extremist view of, again, of what we have now, like we were just saying, where if you're rich enough, the rules don't apply and you can get away with shit. That's all it yeah. is. Just do whatever. It's just like, um, what's the word? It's like uh, it's the uh, fucking minority report. <laughs> it's um, yeah. it's like pre-con. Yeah. It, it's just going like, hey, me. guess what? If you can already get away with all kinds of heinous shit and just pay for it, then yeah, why not everything? Yeah, and that becomes the ultra... With so actual life. later in the film, you learn that this is the... It wasn't the the White Lotus-like resort. That wasn't their vacation. Their vacation was the opportunity to create more versions of themselves. And they start doing it. So as as you see the, the plot play out, they start doing it over and over again. And how it affects the, the, the original main character character the protagonist that's where well I'll, you know i won't say tough titties there I'll, I'll no spoilers there because it is relatively new and you get to see how that plays out with that character versus the ultra rich characters that do this every year just for fun the idea of like society coming to a point where there's just so many of us and so many of us are angry enough to where we just say fuck it for however long, whether it's a day or whether it's for people rich enough, but just there really is that fuck it point of like, do what you want. I urge you all to see that. But that is, you know, to go back to your point and connect it to your to your other point is it is like a lot like Get Out that where these rich white people could yeah. just and that one. It was what was it? It was like brain swapping or because there's you know, like it was the like weird silly horror. Yeah, it was because it was like even even beyond that, there was a lot of that like bullshit pseudoscience of like. 
oh, well, you know, scientifically, black people have the best young bodies. That's why us old white, <laughs> like, it was just so funny how they I perfectly- like your voice. Well, you... <laughs> just, I, I love that they worked that in there, though, because there's there's too much bullshit pseudoscience that was, that's been floated out there to justify heinous stuff. And I, I appreciated the fact that Get Out just, they just called it right the fuck out. They were yeah. like, you know, like, you don't get it both ways. You don't get to, like, again, be weirdly, like, picky- you know, like say like, oh, but stereotypes are good things. It's like, no, you you don't get to say that. That's the whole point is that, you know, the rules should just be the same for everybody and consistent. But that's all the point is that, nope, it turns out if you're, you know, rich enough, which tends to be old white people. I mean, I guarantee you, at least at this point with the world being what it is, there are other rich people out there. Luckily, um, it doesn't depending on where your environment is, it might feel uh, different. So at least like in America, yeah, like things reflect our same like sort of statistics and whatnot. So it just happens that as an American horror, uh, yeah, it's old white people and they have the power and the money to be like, give me that one. I want to be that. You know, going on the T-Buck tangent corner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> third tangent corner. Is it my third? I'm going to start charging you. I actually no, have two. two. But okay, I, go I ahead. Just go ahead. One. I don't know. Uh, I I, re I was rewatching. Speaking of Get Out, I was rewatching uh, Being John Malkovich the other day, mm. and it's kind of almost a similar present. Uh, uh, we did a show on that. I feel like I could talk about that movie a lot. Yeah, I, click here <laughs> for this show. But you know, like <laughs> in, in Get link. Out, that one scene where the old people are talking about, like, oh, black is the coolest race right now, like or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, there, there was. It made me laugh out loud because it made me think about Get Out because there's that scene where they go in and they see all the people that are going to end up trans going into John Malkovich. Uh, all the old people and the one lady's like, I've never had a penis before. It's like, uh, that's what was making me laugh during the thing, whole thing. Second, uh, T-Buck came to the corner and it will just be real quick. Okay. Talking about meta things earlier. Ooh, we love um, why things. do trailers have trailers for trailers now? Ooh, oh God. Because oh, oh we all started expecting it. Uh, yeah, um, it's like the trailer is getting ready to start and it's like, I, I don't care, just just play the trailer. Also, also the trailers are too long and bloated and, 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 and reveal the entire plot of the film. Yes. Every, yeah, every now and again I'm like, this is a two and a half minute trailer like we it, yeah. just need do you remember you know and it always cliff notes man that's just called cliff notes yeah i miss like being legitimately shocked and blown away by movies the, I, that's I, what i miss i i feel like it's come up in enough episodes so i will just continue to endorse it because i feel like one of my favorite ways to go see movies is to just stop looking shit up about like once i see that first trailer oh, yeah. and blind. my interest is peaked go with that level of interest the last time i did that was I know we've bonded about this, Philip. Last time I did that was Barbarian, and I had so much fun at the movies. I bet. Uh, same. Um, I had a friend who I trust very much with, like, horror and sort of, like, the darker side of movie stuff in general. Um, and that's kind of how he painted for me. And you might recall that uh, in another episode, insert link here, uh, right here Children of here. Men. That's yeah. how I was brought into oh, that, yeah. is that my brother, yeah. we went to go that's see our family Christmas classic. movie. Our movie was sold out. And my brother goes, let's go see this one. I had no idea what was going to happen, and I walked out a changed, uh, different, but better person. So all you good people listening, I want you to not look up the White Lotus. Jump into everything blindly. Or glass Stop onion doing research. Pool, or triangle sadness. Watch it, and then tell us what you think. We want to hear from you. Tweet at us. Just comment below. Us. Hit that all subscribe the things. Button. The depiction of the ultra-rich and wealthy and elite in the arts. I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to hear from you eventually. 
Let us know what you think. Thank you for listening. If you need a break from uh, hating the rich and ultra wealthy and elite in the arts. Stock markets. It's been recommended by Philip Church of philipchurch.tech. You know, speaking of your website name, why don't you tell the good people how they can get a hold of you? Oh, uh, yes. It's philipchurch.tech. I say that because I'm a big old dork. And also, uh, Philip has one L in it. So uh, I love to talk tech specs. I love helping people get the most out of their machinery and their hardware. I also love to tell a story. So whether you're looking to just kind of geek out on stuff a little bit, or if you need somebody to voice a thing, uh, all those things and more are available at philipchurch.tech. And if you want to get a hold of T-Buck, if you want to get a hold of Buck, the T of the Buck, uh, you can look him up at Parrot Head Relief. Tell him how they can get a hold of you, Buck. Well, you can go on Twitter and you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is Born Again Parrot Head. Or you can go to uh, our uh, cause that I'm re- still really happy to promote and yeah. really hits deep the rehab right head relief yep um dot info um you can go there and you can you can get the things that you need to get rid of that cheeseburger in paradise in your in your head one last fun little tidbit that i'm gonna toss in was a transition into what i thought was a really awesome movie the other day um oh is this the gym of the week you were talking about Oh, give us okay philip had a dragon ball super broly it was that good what Okay. What was it? I grew Dragon up Ball? loving Dragon Ball Z. Oh, okay. Dragon, uh, me too. Dragon me Ball too. Super is like the canon, apparently, like show and movie series post Dragon Ball Z because GT was trash. And so I had always, I, I, I'm super behind on a lot of stuff. I don't really watch a lot of anime of any, basically, these days, but I've always loved Dragon Ball. So I remember hearing that the Broly movie was dope. And I remember loving the Broly movies. I was that guy that I still have them. My like red foreign imported vhs tapes japanese oh God, language I do too. with the subtitles <laughs> i have them things man i love it i'm a, i'm so too. many kinds oh of God. dork in so many kinds of ways i recently was like i want to watch one of the newer ones that i heard was really good and so they like recanonized the character broly who is another saiyan he is the legendary super saiyan and he's all different kinds of strong the animation was great story was dope i, I love hearing the original voice actors in japanese i love that they're basically the same after all these years <laughs> and if you and if you like that guys you can check us out at novadayproductions.com there you'll find novels like the entropy sessions adulteration all of the things you can follow us at underscore novo underscore day and day is de and of course if you want to be on the show we'd love to have you you can reach out to us at novadaymedia at gmail.com and until next time you know what to do. Be good to each other. And as always, good luck and Godspeed. We'll see you in the next one. We love you. Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions. Created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com slash Novo Day Media. At Novo Day Media on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company. Facebook.com slash Aco Music 123. Aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J-E-S-T-U-S, of thejusticecompany.com and executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved. I approve this message.